0: You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio program. So excited that you're here with us today. As always, want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. So on the program today, my friend Pastor Caleb Moore stops by and we talk about Super Bowl halftime show, culture, uh, the cancel culture, and sort of of what we need to be doing as pastors uh, for our churches and, and the world around us. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with my friend, Pastor Caleb Moore. What's up, Caleb? Hey, Caleb. How you doing, bud? I'm good, sir. The meeting what, of the Calebs. Uh, the, the Calebs. This is the second time you've been on my show. Right?
1: Hey, when so, you were growing up, were there very many people named Caleb? Because there was like nobody named Caleb when
0: I was growing up. How old are you? I am 41, and no, there was not a lot of Calebs uh-huh. when I was i'm yeah, 40 no. so yeah we're i'm
1: glad we found each other <laughs> right right exactly now there's too many oh, of man. them spell it with a k if i ever meet a k that's like oh it's like, oh, it spelled with a k i'm like that well
0: your parents don't love you that's right i, I say the exact same thing i'm like what, who would do that to their child you <laughs> should call D H. oh my goodness yeah you know, i yeah let's do that i think that'd be a great idea what uh what's been going on in your
1: world uh well, um, everybody's been sick for like the last month and a half in my house. So mm-hmm. I got a wife and a baby that have been sick at home for the last couple of days, which means um, I drink more coffee than is healthy. So right, yeah, we're just in that phase. Don't have a newborn yeah. at forty. You know, try to get it done earlier than mm. that. It's harder to wake up now.
0: Yeah, you know, my my oldest is eighteen. And she had strep throat last week, so that's that's all our major sickness. But everybody else is – I elderberry everybody up. I'm like, take your vitamins, elderberry, do whatever you need to do, make it happen.
1: Yeah. If essential oh. oils worked, they would cost more because I'm like, you could pour that <laughs> over somebody's head for a month and they're still going to get sick.
0: Right, right. Oh, my goodness. So interesting week this last week with all the uh, – did you watch the Super Bowl?
1: No, I did not. I did not. I didn't either. I don't have kind of like cable or satellite or anything like that. I'm a Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. With kids, I only, Disney Plus is the only thing I get a chance to watch these days.
0: Holy cow, I think, are we like the same human being maybe? We because probably are, I'm yeah. the I, I have the exact same thing at my house, so interesting. But no, I, I the next morning uh, on Facebook, everybody was like, oh, the Super Bowl halftime show, oh my goodness. There was like a, there was a... A group of people that were like, "Yes, this was amazing. It was the the best uh, halftime show ever," and then there was the others that were like, "Oh my gosh, it's horrible." And so I went and I just went and looked at it, just this a little bit of it, and I was like, Ew, uh stripper poles and and uh, scantily clad ladies." I don't know if that's exactly kosher, and so I, I uh, put a Facebook post out and and pretty much blasted the the halftime show and there was I mean a lot of favorable things but I thought it was interesting because I mean last week I went to see WWE for my son's and I've never I used to watch WWE when I was a kid but I have no interest in it now but my son my 10 year old thinks it's amazing and so I I caved and bought him some birthday you know for his birthday I bought him tickets to go see uh, the WWE show and so I got called on, called out on that one. Really, and, you, know, you got like, called well.
1: out on taking your kid to that?
0: No, well, because I called out the Super Bowl show.
1: Oh, okay. So, be- yeah. So what's because I called out, and they're like,
0: they're like, what? You know, what's it? And I was like, well, uh, you they hypocrite. Said, well, she, you know, that was yeah. That was sort of kind of the the vibe was you you did this and and, and then there was a, there were a couple other comments that were similar to that, and I was like. Well, okay. Here's the deal. Let me and I said, let me be brutally honest. I caved. I I didn't really think that maybe it was the best idea to take my son to this. But and when the scantily clad ladies did come out, we left. Like we walked out. Like we didn't stick around. We went out and walked around and talked about stuff and, and just you know got a coke and and he wanted to look at the the merch booth. So that's where we were when the when that match was over with. When we went back in. Um, but. Uh, that was you no. Know, that was my response. But I did cave, and there were some hard conversations I had with my son. And said, "Listen, some of this stuff is not exactly the most uh, godly, and and we need to we need to." It was a teachable moment, I guess you could say, as a teachable.
1: Have you ever taken process. your kid to the beach? I, I'm just <laughs> curious. Let me let me be a little bit of a devil's advocate because when it came to this whole issue of the Super Bowl, um, I I. My news feed on social media is kind of half and half. Uh, I I like the diversity. I I have a lot of friends that were like, it was amazing. It was wonderful. Um, So proud of these women and I can't believe their age. And so, and then there was the other side and it was like, there was porn on TV and it was despicable. and, And I just kind of sat back and watched and almost laughed. Maybe I'm cynical but I'm, for me personally, um, what did we expect? It's like they're shocked At, that a non-Christian exactly. organization would do non-Christian things.
0: and That's what bad, I said yeah. exactly. In my, in my post, I said, I'm not shocked that the world is acting like the world. So that's not the, I guess that's not my major issue. Was not that the world is acting like the world because that's what they should act like. That, I mean, that, that they are as, as tame as they are is the shocking part i guess my major issue was that they that the church was there was a couple of different things i saw like i made there was a couple of big preachers who made um repentance look like a mockery. i sent you the video of it and and it it made them you know they were oh how dare you watch this you need to repent and and, and it was like making a mockery of repentance. I thought that was interesting, and, and so sort of kind of sat all at the same po- point. But the, I guess my biggest thing was that the church was like, "Oh, it's not that bad." And I'm like, "But here's see, I got the, the like, opposite.
1: I I saw everybody majoring in the minors, where they made this huge deal, and there was blog post about why Christians yeah. should stand against this and and just how bad it was. But I never saw anybody, which I thought was kind of, I mean. Football itself is a violent sport, Sure. right? The the number of young men that get concussions and brain issues from ramming headfirst into each other over and over (laughs) again, the number of concussions, the things we've seen that happen to all these football players much later on and the mental issues that come from it. There's a lot of people who think the things that OJ suffered from come from this traumatic brain uh, syndrome that happens from concussions over and over again, not a single Christian gets upset about that. In fact, they won't go to church because it's Super Bowl. So we're okay with violence, and this is the way it's always been. We're totally okay with violence, but we get offended at the sexuality. We get really, really nervous about it. Like, I don't watch football. I'm not against football by any means. The old Mitch Hedberg joke I always say, if if there's sports on my TV, it means someone stole my TV. It's just not anything I was <laughs> raised on. Uh, but yeah, I, me, I love UFC. Either. Yeah, I love UFC. I love MMA. My my boys will wrestle, will watch MMA fights, which are bloodier, you know. Um, but it's just the selective outrage. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it seems as though all we're doing is copying everything we say we hate about the world because the world has selective outrage, right? Everybody's mad about something at some time. And somebody, there was a Christian who told me the other day, he says, you know, one thing I really see different between Christianity and the world right now is we don't have this outrage culture that the world, the left, seems to have. And I thought about that. I was like, we're the ones who got mad at Starbucks for changing the color of their cup or or not putting something (laughs) on there. Like, we get mad at who Chick-fil-A gives their money to. Like, they're still giving yeah. to charity, but we're like, we've been betrayed. I was like, eh. it's nauseating. Yeah,
0: I, I, yep, it, it, that, I agree with that. I, I, I guess, and for me, I, I, I guess I struggle with the, the whole... I, I do struggle with the sexual side of things. I just, I just do, and and your point to, the of the violence is, I mean, it's there as well, but I guess... When you somebody made a funny post, when I say funny, I use that air quotes. I had a guy, um, videoing his son watching J Lo on the the screen for the halftime show. He said, "The moment that you know little Timmy decided you know that he you know was no longer interested in um, toys." And I just it was. I was like. um <laughs> Oh, and he's just like this, yeah. and this little boy, and it's this little boy. Yeah. He's probably eight or nine, and he's just staring really? at the screen like, "Whoa, look at that girl." And which I get it. Like, it. that's we as men are visual creatures, so I guess that's the thing that I struggle with is parents that would okay their kids to. I mean, you would not allow your son to get a ladder and go over next door to your next door neighbor and put the ladder up next to their bedroom, bedroom window at night and say, "Okay, hey, crawl up and enjoy the show." Like you just wouldn't right. do that, but yet we will do that with the screens in our home. And I get it; the world is the world, and I, and I know that this is we're we're treading on the edge of a knife. And like, what? Because you get into that whole, what do we what do we stop watching? What do we boycott? What are we, what do we not? Because there are certain things that I like to watch that probably aren't the most holy. Uh, there's probably movies. I mean. Just, just the Marvel, just you know, just Marvel comics and the Marvel movies. Some of those things are suggestive, and there's violence. And but I, my, I took all my kids have seen all the Marvel films. We so, live
1: in we live in a hyper sexual culture. Yeah, everything is sexualized. Every commercial, I mean, half the commercials are about certain dysfunctions that men have. You know, and yep. the gum. If you chew this gum, this girl, this pretty gorgeous girls want to make out with you so like everything (laughs) the commercials i mean that's why i like netflix and all that stuff there's no commercials if my kids go to my parents house and there's a commercial on they're confused they don't know what this is is. what happened to the show right it's almost like christianity needs to be red-pilled you know from the matrix where they they need to discover that the world they think they're living in isn't real like it's all it's all carefully orchestrated to be hyper hyper sexual um car commercials the football the the cheerleaders it's all been doing that for a long time and so i'm just a little shocked that people are still shocked
0: yeah i i guess it's i mean i'm i i guess i'm not shocked but i'm i guess i'm i'm saddened to some degree because we we've we've got such a Readily available, and I get it. Uh, you know, on our phones we have access to that. I mean, even worse stuff in the palm of our hands. Um, but I, I don't know. I just as what the are... church, yeah. Go ahead. As the church, I just I don't know why we tend to okay these things. Uh, I, I, there was a large group of people that I know that say they belong to Christ who love Game of Thrones.
1: Right. Man, that was my, all, yeah. Do you see my comment? Half the people of you uh, that are like bashing the Super Bowl have told me that I need to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That, that's real story, right? That's, that's a true Absolutely. story. Everybody, like I had all these people, hey, you got Have you watched the latest Game of Thrones? I was like, no. And they're like, oh, uh, nope, so good You got to watch it. So I started watching the first episode. And then I, I'm like, I see them the next week at church. I was like, hey, why did you recommend porn to me? Yeah, exactly. It's, sure, it's, it's porn with a, a better script, right? But it's still, that was all it was. Oh, you got to get past the first three seasons and then it gets better.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> three seasons. So well, I have to watch
1: 70 oh. hours of pornography <laughs> to possibly enjoy a story. Yeah. Uh, but they, we no, don't, like, don't even realize it. We don't No, we don't. We now, don't what are, there? There have been, I've seen the, the justifications for the other side. Um, and it's always good to kind of present that. Well, we just think it's pornographic because Americans, but that is their cultural, that is a cultural way for them dancing and to them it's merely cultural. Now I kind of understand and I'll give some credit to that argument. So I, I spent a lot of my summers in Eastern Europe and you would go to the beach there and nobody wears tops. Yeah. And to them, now to me, we had the the count your toes rule, right? Like, So we spent a lot of time looking at our toes as we're walking around the beach. Um, You had to be careful because we're not used to it. But if somebody grows up in a culture where that is not hypersexual, where that is just regular, um, then it might not have the effects that it has on young American kids. So there is a different view of what is hypersexual, culturally speaking so if somebody can grow up and if that is not I'm trying to say this the right way so if things like that are not pushed in a sexual way then is it possible for a kid to grow up and not see that in a sexual
0: way maybe maybe if it's still I mean okay case in point I I I guess it's America that's sort kind of help sexualize the the physical form of the of the woman like i went to go preach in nicaragua one time and i was down there and I, I, this was my first time out of the country i stood up to preach and there was like 500 people in the in the tent and i they separate the women it, at this time when i went this is like 2003 when i went they separated the men and the women in the tent and I turn as I cuz I wasn't paying attention but I get up and as I'm standing at the podium I look over and on one side of the aisle is all women and some of them are just sitting there topless and I was like, "Huh. This is a, this is going to be a an interesting service." So I had to like more my most of my focus was, you know, cuz I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is crazy." But to them it's just, you know, it's normal. It was hot. Yeah, it's yeah. hot. And so I yeah. was like, okay, how am I you – know, I can't make a big deal out of this because they're not. Um, so it, it was just one of those things that – you know, I, I see that. I, I get that. But because we do live in America and we do – everything is over-sexualized. I mean
1: – We do take everything to the extreme. You know, parents had there, – there's a thing called a remote control. And mm-hmm. if parents had any foresight or intentionality in trying to teach their kids – what they're going to find, because each family is going to define where the lines are, right? So that's really oh, what it absolutely. comes down to. Each family is going to define. If, if they would have had some kind of forethought about this, when they heard that Shakira and J-Lo are going to be doing the Super Bowl halftime, when, when those two first entered the scene, nobody was talking about the music. They had no. songs that were popular, but... Shakira's hips don't lie, and (laughs) J-Lo had going for her what J-Lo had going for, right? Right. And so it it just, nobody was mad beforehand, but we should have known exactly, this is what it's going to be. And and so for me, I'm like, if you know what it's going to be, then why are you upset afterwards? And why not just change the channel instead of everybody sitting there watching it and then texting how mad they are?
0: Sure, and I guess that's my my whole point. I, I, my thought process is if if Christians would just say, you know what, I'm just I'm gonna turn it off. Like I didn't, we didn't watch it. Like it, it we went for a walk. It was nice yeah. out. It was seventy. We went for a walk as a family, and I just you know, I, I found out after the fact because. You know social media, is social media, and maybe that's part of it too social media everybody you know we get on the on the on the bandwagon everybody's like, oh you no know, the the you know as you said, the outrage culture um I, maybe that's it, I don't know, but i i just we just didn't watch it. My kids so, didn't see it because i they didn't watch it
1: as as a pastor um here's how I responded uh to the situation in our church setting, okay. I didn't talk about it at all. I, I, it doesn't. It doesn't. So if I if I teach people the gospel, if we teach how to honor God, these other things fall by the side. We become able to discern for ourselves, and I don't have to become legalistic and tell everybody this is where the line is and this is where it's not. Sure. Like at a holiness church. So I have a friend who's a former holiness. He was a former holiness preacher. And he would say, Mm -hmm. depending on what church he went to, because whoever was in charge, that person uh, set the boundaries on everything. How long their hair had to be, how long the skirt had to be, how long all that. So each church had a different set of rules. And that is not what Christendom is. It's not my job to tell everybody in the church, here's where my boundaries are, I'm gonna make my boundaries your boundaries. But if I teach them how to honor God with their lives... Then they be they become able to discern what is right and wrong according to Scripture, and and sometimes that might need a little bit of correction. But you just hope that people are going to go. You know what? Maybe maybe we can just change the channel and yeah. not make a huge deal about it. We're just I just tell my kids like, hey, we're going to fast forward this part because this is appropriate for you.
0: Yeah, that's and. and... I, as a pastor, have not officially from the pulpit addressed it either. I did on social media. Obviously, a lot of the people who go to my church follow me on social media, so they saw. And like I said, my stance on it was just simply not shocked that the world did what they did. I just, my heart was broken that um, Christians just are kind of, that I've seen, like I said, I have a, I have A mixture of people online who and and let me just let me just say this again, people who claim to know Christ. These are people who 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 claim they know Christ, um, but yet there's not a lot of uh, evidence that they follow Christ. Sure, sure. So um, I guess maybe that's it. I mean, maybe that's I mean, and I maybe that's where it is because we have you know Ray Comfort and and uh, George Barna's statistics say. Eighty-five to ninety percent of people that are sitting in the the pews are are lost, and I think that's. And I shared along with that post that I put up. I also tagged a uh, Leonard Ravenhill um, sermon clip or sermon jam mm-hmm. that had like some yeah. music behind it, and that was. And he said, "You know, we go to a church and we hear some preacher get up and." give his eloquent message and then people say man that was such a challenging message that was so great that was thank you for doing that. so challenging the question is not were you challenged the question is are you changed like that's true repentance repentance is not "Man, i I felt challenged because a lot of people say man i felt challenged but there's no follow-through there's no you know they might weep in the moment they might cry in the moment but the evidence of a truly born-again person is the life changes, your, your life shifts, God gets a hold of your heart, and then therefore your, your, your behavior shifts. It's not your behavior shifts and then your heart changes, it's God gets a hold of your heart, transforms your heart, and then the behaviors will follow. That's, and I always tell people, God's not super worried about your behaviors. He's more concerned with your heart because if He can get a hold of your heart, your behaviors will follow. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, you know, it, I, I keep thinking of when the time that Jesus lived in, the things going on as uh, Israel is under the oppression of Rome and the kind of sexual displays that Rome would have had. Oh, yeah. Would, would put to shame anything that we have. And Probably, yes. Jesus doesn't address that subject directly a single time. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of one, and I, don't, I can't think of one time where Jesus addresses that kind of stuff. But he does spend a lot of time trying to address who people think God is and declaring mm-hmm. who he is. So yep. this this for me is um, kind of the trunk issue of the tree. Everybody loves leaves. People love to get involved with the leaves of a tree, but we don't like to talk about the trunk of the tree. And if I know who Jesus is, that there's only a few times that I really get upset watching TV, and it's not because... Let's be honest, what happened at the Super Bowl is tame compared to most of the shows that people yeah, are watching absolutely. at night. So there's mm-hmm. tons of shows that people watch that are far more sexualized than the Super Bowl. Now, I, I watched yep. the halftime show uh, so I could have input on this, and there was maybe a total, uh, there was a few scenes where I go, yeah, that's, that's far, I wouldn't want my kids watching that. Um, yeah. Then there's other times where I'm like, well, this would be any concert that you go to. Um, And and it's usually, it wasn't so much of, that performance would have been a lot less provocative if you were sitting in the stadium, but where they chose to put the camera, where where they chose to put the camera made it much more (laughs) provocative, so angles are everything. Um, And no one would be
0: having this conversation if if Dave Matthews or John Mayer did the the halftime show. We wouldn't even be talking about this. (laughs) No, it, it wouldn't have been an
1: issue at all. So for me, it's if I if I view Jesus correctly and I desire holiness, then this other stuff just falls into place. Um, but I get upset watching TV, and I will stop watching shows when they start making fun of Jesus, and that happens just as much as yep. sexuality is taken too far. I, can't, I find that interesting.
0: Was, yeah. I find that interesting that you don't have as many Christians upset about that. Like when people, when when shows, you know, Netflix had a the gay Jesus thing. That that yeah. infuriated me. Like that yeah. that caused me that caused me anger, um, and just that's those are things that that I see as a problem. When when the creator of the universe is made fun of and mocked, that's when I I really get amped up uh, because that's that's. Blasphemy, And that's...
1: Anytime, uh... anytime Jesus or a Christian is displayed on any major network or streaming p- platform, it is never in a complimentary way. It is always never. derogatory. It is... Yep. The Christian is always the dumb idiot moron who is just backwards and has no sense of science or philosophy. philosophy he's the idiot, right? Uh, yeah. Going all the way back to The Simpsons, Ned Flanders, right? So... That was Mm -hmm. kind of one of the the first times that the Christian was just the idiot and got taken advantage of, and Homer Simpson was the hero, which was one of my favorite shows. But um, things like South Park, Jesus is is a major character in those shows, and it's always in a negative, derogatory way. Always. So what we do is we get upset um, on cultural things, but not on the Jesus stuff, which makes me think that we worship culture, not Jesus.
0: I think you're right. You're not wrong. Oh, so, what's the answer? <laughs>
1: That's a million <really> dollar <laughs> question. Right?
0: right? Um, I
1: think so. Uh, I, I think the answer is is we have stopped educating Christians, and we've entertained them for so long that mm. they respond negatively to cultural entertainment because entertainment is the only language they speak and if Oof. they had a deeper understanding of who Jesus was because the church actually educated them instead of just entertaining, that they would not be a part of this outrage culture, that they would be raising their kids to know better, and they probably wouldn't have watched the halftime show to begin with. Come on, I like let that. Me give you, let me give you an example of this. So uh, I, I go to like, youth groups every now and then, or I'll go to the school here and do a Bible study, And oftentimes when I go speak at youth events, I'll ask the kids, turn in your Bible to Hezekiah chapter four. And I'll give them as much time as possible. And they all eventually go to the very front of their Bible to look up where Hezekiah is. And it takes a while before they realize Hezekiah is not even a book of the Bible. It just sounds Christian. (laughs) Now, when you and I were kids, we did Bible drill. There was some kind of education, at least teach you the books of the Bible. But these kids can't even pick out a fake book of the Bible because all they've been told is David and Goliath and Samson and Moses stories ad nauseum with Joel Osteen level application of here how God's going to make you happy so of course they don't know how to respond except for outrage because they're just going to jump on the cultural bandwagon and be like I guess I'm supposed to be upset that's what they think holiness is they think holiness is outrage (laughs) at things that are counter Christian culture
0: yeah absolutely it's crazy and i it, we've got to be better at as you and i as pastors i i am calling our brothers to stand in the pulpits and to not just proclaim the gospel but we've got to we've got to teach it we've got to teach it in such a way that people see it and they they read it and they have it in front of them constantly we have to be proclaiming the gospel and teaching the gospel and not just in a large church setting but even in a small Sunday school class setting. We've got to we've got to be diligently showing them what the authentic real gospel is because there's so much falsehood that is being taught in our churches. It's just crazy. I know I
1: mentioned earlier the red the whole red pill thing and I mean you've seen the matrix, right? That's another one we probably shouldn't have watched, right? See there? Probably not, but I have like, I have yeah. seen it. Yes. Um and he has that choice once he's made aware of, look, you can go back to living the life that's not real, or you, know, you can take the blue pill and go back to your normal life, or you can take the red pill and be waking up to this reality that is actually real. And I, I think, yes, from the pulpit, but I would even say more so the youth pastors. It, it's, I, I hate to say it, but man, youth pastors today, the ones, a lot of them, and I don't want to group everybody in together. I don't want to paint with that broad of a brush. But I've heard some really bad teachings from youth pastors. (laughs) They can get away with a lot more crappy teaching than sometimes a pastor can because the kids Mm -hmm. don't know any better. And so they sit under a youth pastor for four years, and they leave, and they know nothing about the Bible. They know nothing about defending their faith. They know nothing about theology. They just think God's supposed to help them win at everything, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, uh, for their wrestling team, and that's as far as their Christian education goes. So we've got an entire generation that needs to be red-pilled, that needs to wake up and realize that there are two narratives trying to be told in this world, one told by God, one told by the devil. And this is, goes back all the way to the garden. God says yeah. this is the way it is, and the devil comes along with another narrative. He's like, yeah, I know God said this, but I actually think it could go this way. So somehow yeah. we've got to figure out how to drop that red pill.
0: Absolutely. Well, brother, it is, uh, it's been good to have a conversation with you and just to talk with you about things of the, the world and things of the Bible. Um, we need to do this For more often. Sure. Yeah,
1: it's a shame that we have to talk about Super Bowl halftime. Of all the subjects it, it that is. we could cover. I know, you know, somebody said, you should do a podcast on this. I was like, okay, we'll do one. But of all the ones I do, I'm like, Really? Do we need to add to the noise? It's
0: just there's there's enough noise. Do we need to add to it? It is. So maybe the next time we have a show, we could talk about something deeper. I like yeah. your idea. You talked you said off, off mic you were saying we need to have the the Caleb versus Caleb. I mean I'm in on that idea. Yeah. I think yeah. the, the the Caleb podcast. I think that'd be Caleb fun. Caleb v Caleb, right?
1: <laughs> the final showdown. Come on, baby. Two, Let's do two it. Two men enter, one man leave.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think that right. can be very fun. Yeah. Hey, would I'd, you, I'd would love you love dismiss it. us? Would you dismiss us in prayer? You bet. Father God,
1: Lord, forgive the Christian universal church for being obsessed with worldly things. We get so distracted by side issues and little moments of outrage, just waiting for the next moment of outrage so we can feel like we are somehow righteous. God, forgive yeah. us for that attitude. Make us righteous through your blood and through the work of Jesus Christ and through that way alone. God, uh, we have no righteousness of our own. Lord, forgive us when we choose Barabbas over you, which we all do every single day. God, teach us to seek your holiness. We ask things your holy name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, brother. You have a great day. You too. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of the Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.